Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers at the Africa Cup of Nations in San Pedro in Côte d'Ivoire, joined on the show by Stuart Weir in the UK. And so much to talk about as the host nation have squeezed through to the knockout stage amid wild celebrations. We look ahead to the round of 16 games on this weekend and we speak to Nigeria talisman Victor Osimen. I have one goal um, in three games not so good for my for my kind of person but of course um, I'm still working progress this is my first proper AFCON that's coming up later plus a look at the teams that have been knocked out including the Gambia and Stewart on the English Premier League and the FA Cup so the show coming to you from San Pedro in the southwest of Côte d'Ivoire by the Atlantic Ocean. I'm here as part of the Confederation of African Football's commentary team uh, doing TV commentary going out around Africa and around the world. So very exciting to be here. And although Côte d'Ivoire aren't playing here in San Pedro, they qualified for the round of 16 because Morocco beat Zambia 1-0 here on Wednesday night. Uh, that saw the elephants sneak through as one of the best third-place finishers finishers. So this has revived the interest in the tournament here because the feeling was that after the humiliating 4-0 defeat to Equatorial Guinea on Monday that it would be very difficult to, to qualify as one of the best third-place teams, especially with their poor goal difference. And also it seemed that many fans didn't care because they were too disappointed about that humiliation. But uh, the interest is back in a big way on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, after that win for Morocco, there were wild celebrations around the country. And here in San Pedro, very remarkable as uh, the road all the way from the stadium to the city centre which is about seven kilometre highway uh, was lined with uh, excited Cote d'Ivoire fans who were singing, dancing, making noise uh, blowing vuvuzelas uh, those who were motorists were passing by uh, on motorbikes and cars and making a lot of noise uh, hooting their horns uh, so the excitement is back uh, it does mean that uh, Cote d'Ivoire will face Senegal in the round of 16 on Monday which will be a very very difficult fixture for them but the tournament is still alive it would have been a shame if the host had gone out at the group stage having invested somewhere between one and two billion dollars uh, to put on this uh, competition with the stadiums and other infrastructure uh, that uh, has uh, been built uh, so the big news here on Thursday was that the Frenchman Hervé Renard is going to coach Côte d'Ivoire to the end of the tournament coach Jean-Louis Gasset Another Frenchman uh, was uh, fired on Wednesday morning. Uh, Renard is a legend in African football. He won the 2015 AFCON with the Elephants and also won it in 2012 with Zambia, uh, the only coach to win the Nations Cup with two different countries. Hervé Renard is currently the coach of the France women's national team. He's been here watching games and uh, he has been loaned uh, by France uh, to Côte d'Ivoire for as long as uh, the Elephants remain in the tournament. So that's an amazing turn of events, and nobody would have seen that coming. So the lineup for the round of 16 on Saturday, Angola play Namibia. That's in Buake. Namibia through to the knockout stage for the first time in their history. Nigeria, Cameroon. That's on in Abidjan. More on that game shortly. Equatorial Guinea will play Guinea. That's in Abidjan too. That's on Sunday, and also on Sunday here in San Pedro. Egypt are heading here. They'll be facing DR Congo. On Monday, Cape Verde play Mauritania. 
Mauritania, who have got through to the knockout stage for the first time in their history, having got their first ever win as well. That's in Abidjan. Uh, Senegal-Cote d'Ivoire is the late game on Monday. That'll be in Yamasucro, and it could be good for the host to move away from Abidjan, uh, change of scenery and less pressure. Uh, then the round of 16 stage ends on Tuesday. Mali playing Burkina Faso. Uh, that's in Corhogo in the north. And Morocco will play South Africa here in San Pedro. Uh, that promises to be a blockbuster. That'll be the last game taking place at, at this venue. Quarterfinals will be on next week, uh, Friday and Saturday. Semi-finals on Wednesday the 7th and the final the 11th of February. So Nigeria will play Cameroon in a big game on Saturday. Uh, Cameroon needed a late comeback uh, against the Gambia to qualify, winning 3-2. Nigeria have looked somewhat better, especially in their 1-0 defeat of the hosts in their second game. The reigning African footballer of the year, Victor Osimen, came here as one of the biggest stars at the tournament and he scored in their opening game against Equatorial Guinea. Now Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji is with the Super Eagles team and he spoke to Osimen about the tournament so far and also about his one-year-old daughter. A bit a sweet feeling, you know. Um, for me, it's, um, it's good to be able to get out of this group and um, it wasn't what we expected. I think uh, we wanted to top the group and uh, move into the next round. But of course, football is like this. They're happy to be able to come um, second and advance into the knockout stage. And um, I have one goal um, in three games. Not so good for my for my kind of person, but of course, um, I'm still work in progress. This is my first proper AFCON, which is normal. I think um, I still have a long way to go, and I have so much in store for me to give to the, to the team. But so far, so good. I've been doing well, even even though the goal is not coming yet. I think um, I've been able to show my support to the, my teammates, um, working hard for them chasing every ball, defending for them and uh, motivating them also. I think um, this is one of the most important things, you know, as one of the leaders in the in the team. And I think um, I'm happy with my with my contribution so far. What everyone says about you all the time is the sacrifice and then the support you give to other people. And when it's always tough for you, you don't always get the same support back in return, even at club level and elsewhere. But you, you, you don't even pay attention to what people say. I have to be honest, like I literally don't listen to what, what people say about me. I'm just focus, focusing on the on the goods and the, the ones that, that that are supporting me, you know, wholeheartedly and everything like that. Before anyone comes out to criticize me, I'll be my first uh, critique and, and everything like that. So for me, it, uh, it's always, people will always talk, no matter how good or how, uh, how far you've come in life or how better you're doing now, people always find one or two things to say about you that is bad and everything like that. But... I'm not the type of player, I'm not the type of person or a man that, that listen to, to what, uh, the critic or the, the, the haters has to say. For me, I, I literally do not, do not care. I'm just focusing on doing my job and getting better each day. So for me, it's, um, it's always important and I have this heart. I motivate myself a lot, you know. And when someone tries to, to criticize me, I always let them eat their words back and everything like that. So for me, it's, uh, it's normal and football is a very delicate sport and everything like that. So you have to respect this type of thing, the support, the love, the hate, and, and everything. So I'm, I'm, I welcome everything. So for me, I, I really don't mind. You're always saying you're someone who don't even have a bucket list in your life. Like, oh, I wanted to get here. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. But it would be a massive achievement for you if you could lay your hands on the African Cup of Nations title. Honestly speaking, be like, <laughs> for me, a big, big, big milestone for me, you know, to win something with the Super Eagles to 
to give a lot of Nigerians that are hoping for this uh for this uh trophy since twenty last thing, uh twenty thirteen we last we last uh won it. I think for for me it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge one. I cannot lie, it's gonna really gonna be a huge one. And then uh, after that, <laughs> for me, I don't, I don't mind if I come to the national team. I don't come anymore. I think I've, I've set a standard also, and I've, made, and I've made my own statement and everything like that. I'm one of the top five um, all-time scorer in the Super League. Something I never imagined in my life. But to be able to, to achieve this is a huge one, as well as going as far as um, winning the, winning the Afcon. It will be a huge, uh, huge uh, boost for my, for my career and everything. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, seven games. We already played three, four more to go to achieve this, this dream. I think, I think, um, for me, it's, uh, it's achievable, but of course, it's, it's really a long way to go. On the home front, you must be missing your daughter, you know, being here at the AFCON, not being able to see your daughter. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think, uh, I bonded well with my, with my daughter since, um, she was conceived and everything like that, even when she wasn't still in the tummy. <laughs> but now she's out. She's now a big girl. I think uh, coming here for a month or two is is something that I have to make it up, you know, when I when I finally see her to make sure that I stay side by side with her, you know, to to make up with the with the with the days, the minutes, the hours, the seconds that I've missed, I've missed with her. I missed her so much. I cannot lie, I really missed her so much. So it's something that when I see her, I have to be I have to spend a a lot of time with her because football, you don't get to spend much time with with the family and and mostly your your kids. So. For me, it's, uh, it's important that when when I finally get to see, I, I have to to spend every moment with her to you know to make up with the with the with the days and the and the and the weeks that I, that I spend without without seeing her. Let's hope when you see her, you have a winner's medal around her neck. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I think she she's she's brought a lot a lot of luck into into my life. I think um, the day she was conceived, I received a. A huge news about something, one of the most important news in my whole life. And ever since then, it's been really going so good for me and everything like that. So for me, I think uh, she's a blessing's child and uh, she brought a lot of luck into my life as well as my hard work. They, they come in connection together and then bring out this this great achievement that I've achieved so far. I think for me, she's a, she's a special child and uh, I, I think um, it's a huge honor to be to be a father. I love her so much. That's the reigning African Footballer of the Year, Victor Osimen, speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Oluwashina Okaleji as his daughter turned one a couple of months ago. Right, a seven-time champions Egypt are still in the tournament. They'll be here in San Pedro on Sunday for a round of 16 tie against DR Congo. Interesting match as both teams haven't managed to win a game so far at the tournament. Both teams have drawn all three matches. Mohamed Salah is back with Liverpool now in England because of the injury that he picked up. But he was watching from the stands as the Pharaohs drew 2-2 with a Cape Verde in an amazing game in their final group contest. Egypt looked to be going out when it was 1-1 going into stoppage time and with Ghana leading Mozambique 2-0. But the Pharaohs bombarded the Cape Verde goal. They scored three minutes into stoppage time and were going through. But then Cape Verde equalised right at the end. There was despair for Egypt, uh, which then turned back into joy as they discovered that Ghana drew 2-2 with Mozambique, who'd scored two late goals. Well, the first goal for Egypt in that game was scored by Trezeguet, formerly of Aston Villa, now in Turkey with Trabs on Sport, and he spoke after the game. Now I'm um, 10 years in national team now. This is number 10 years now is uh, 
I have experience. I have uh, too much uh, respect to play for my country. Even the coach don't put me or I play five minutes, one, even one minute, I play for my country. So I have to give everything because my country is deserve, deserve to give everything, even I die in the beach. So uh, no problem if I play, another player play, we all play for, for Egypt. And inshallah, like I told you, I promise you, inshallah, this team will make big history, inshallah. That's Egypt forward Trezeguet. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. I'm Steve Vickers at the Africa Cup of Nations in Cote d'Ivoire in the city of San Pedro. Lots happening on our social media during the tournament. You can follow us on X at Planet Sport FA. Our Facebook page is Planet Sport Football Africa. And we've got listener questions throughout the tournament. You can have your say on the big talking points on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And our website is Planet sport.tv there's a new blog up there uh, called AFCON the day of the underdog looking at how we can draw inspiration with life's challenges from the upsets at this tournament that's on our website planetsport.tv go to the blog section and it's called AFCON the day of the underdog well, we've had a lot of coaches losing their jobs here at the Nations Cup. We talked about the Ivory Coast coach, Jean-Louis Gasset. Uh, also, Ghana's Chris Hewton, he was fired. No way he could keep his job after their group stage exit. Tanzania suspended Adel Amrouche in a controversial episode after Amrouche uh, spoke out about uh, Morocco's influence in African football and was suspended by CAF for that. Algeria coach Jamel Belmadi had to go after the Desert Foxes failed to win a game for a second Nations Cup in a row and Tunisia coach Jalel Kadri quit straight after Tunisia finished bottom of their group. And the Gambia coach Tom Sanfier, the Belgian, stepped down. The Scorpions went out at the group stage, losing all three games. Uh, this after they reached the quarterfinals on their debut two years ago, also under Sanfier. In their final game against Cameroon, they took a 2-1 lead on 85 minutes, only to lose 3-2. Uh, here is uh, Tom Sanfier. Gambia is the most special place on, on earth for me. And um, I will come back as a tourist you never know, maybe in the future as a coach, but I have so many friends, so many brothers in the Gambia, and I can only wish the Gambia a lot of good luck in the future. I, I have consulted several people uh, in the situation, uh, and um, I thought it was time for me, but also for the Gambia, to try something new. You better stop when everyone is happy with you, not everyone. <laughs> but almost everyone is happy with you. You better stop on that moment. And uh, two cans, two Afghans, uh, quarterfinal, a fantastic match today. I wished I didn't resign. I had to resign only on Sunday after we uh, play in the second round. But it is what it is. I uh, uh, will be always uh, the smiling coach of, of the Gambia. And working with this team, working with this federation, with this team manager, Nothing can top that. Gambia is the most beautiful. Not only the beautiful beaches, not the beautiful smile of all the people. It's a fantastic country. And I can only ask people, all Gambians, sometimes we are negative. Sometimes we criticize our own Gambians. Be positive. Love the Gambia. Gambia is beautiful. The beautiful colors, the beautiful people, the beautiful smile, the beautiful country. Help each other. Help the government. Help the federation. Help each other. Because a smile is so much beautiful, more beautiful than, than, than problems. And thank you for everything. 
That's Tom Santfiet, who quit as coach of the Gambia after their group stage exit. It is a talented team that the Scorpions have. Here's one of their top youngsters, Yang Kuba Minte. I feel a little bit uh, sad. This is not what we expected. Um, we want to win to go to the next stage, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one also. Um, I, need, I think uh, we need to prepare more for next Afcon, and then uh, we come uh, into it. Inshallah, we're going to qualify in the preliminary round, and then uh, so that we can be in the Afcon here. Yeah. That's Jan Kuba Minte. Also, here's uh, goal scorer Ebrima Kali. A little bit disappointed. Uh, everyone uh, was uh, was hungry to win. Um, being in the bench, being in the pitch, everyone back home. I think uh, this is a lesson for for the Gambian uh, Gambian people. Uh, we have to be humble for what we uh, we achieved so far. And then um, both fans and the players, um, we did a um, great job, you know. And then uh, I think we. We, the Gambians, we have to prepare a lot because being in this kind of tournament, uh, we lack of something um, that a uh, little bit experience and concentration, I think. Well, that's Ebrima Kale. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba was with the Gambia team here in Cote d'Ivoire. He's now back in Banjul. And I asked Mamadou how the fans are feeling with the group stage exit and also what they made of a Belgian coach, Tom Sanfiet, stepping down. Fans are naturally disappointed that the team failed to make it past the group stages. But um, um, there is also a section of the fans that um, are really happy with the performance of the team, especially in the last game against Cameroon, where they were really close to a famous win against the five-time champions. Um, was it necessary to quit? Maybe, maybe not, because um, now the team is at a crossroad with the qualifiers starting um, really soon. We don't know yet whether the Gambia will play in the preliminaries or not. If, if the Scorpions were to play in the preliminaries, so, which means they need a coach to be in charge before the preliminary qualifier starts in March. But um, I think a majority of the Gambian fans have not been supportive to Tom Sanfei's um, style of play which has been more of a, a team that is conservative, who's sitting sitting back, waiting to hit opponents on the break. Whilst for the fans, majority of them, they want their team to be more expansive, playing attacking football, um, which really excites them. Um, which in the five and a half years that the Belgium has been in charge, we've seen the team um, registered a lot of success, qualifying to two, to, to two Afcons, but uh, with, a, with, a, with an approach that has not been ap- appreciated by the majority of the fans. But now it'll be interesting to see who the next man uh, will be to take charge of the Scorpions and if their coach will be able to replicate the feat that Sanfei has been able to register with all the challenges that comes with being the national team coach of the Gambia, having to play um, your home matches away from home because the stadium um, do not meet um, the required standard to host international matches and also um, knowing that um, you will not be able to play most of the um, windows in terms of friendlies. So it will be really interesting to see um, how we move forward and of course uh, knowing the existing challenges of being the national team coach of the Gambia. 
Yes, it's going to be a time of rebuilding, I guess, for the Gambia now. That's Mamadou Ba uh, in Banjul in the Gambia. This is Planet Sport Football Africa coming to you from the Africa Cup of Nations in Cote d'Ivoire. Now, travelling around at a tournament is not easy, but African football expert, journalist and statistician Nuhu Adams, who's from Ghana, is attempting a punishing schedule to get around the country throughout the Nations Cup and to watch as many games as possible. Uh, now, at the FIFA World Cup in Canada, Qatar in 2022, there were a couple of people who went to every single match uh, as the venues were close together. Uh, it's much more harder, of course, in a tournament like this. And Nuhu told me that it turned out to be a bit more difficult than what he was expecting. Well, um, I plan to watch 13 matches in the group stages. After looking at um, the distances from where I was going to be, that's Abidjan, to San Pedro, to Yamusokro to Korogo to Buake, um, I decided to watch 13 matches in the group stages, minus travelings to Buake and then Korogo because probably these are far places from Abidjan. So after discovering the distances between the cities, I decided to do only Abidjan matches, San Pedro matches and Yamusukro matches. And I think um, the experiences have been amazing. Yes, um, it's a bit challenging um, going or traveling by bus and returning. But I think um, CAF also provided um, buses which are carrying journalists from Abidjan to Buake and Yamusokro, with the exception of San Pedro. So um, it made it a bit easier for me. Uh, I only had to travel to San Pedro on my own and return to Abidjan on my own. But I think... It's it's an amazing experience, and I think I've loved it. Um, enjoying as many as many games makes the covering of the Afcon more lively, and I think it it is worth it. We're getting to watch as many games as possible at uh, this Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, that's African football expert, journalist, and statistician Nuhu Adams. Well, now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK, and uh, Liverpool clear at the top of the English Premier League, Stuart. Five points clear, Steve, if you don't mind. OK, Manchester City have a game in hand, but at the moment, Manchester City, Arsenal and Aston Villa are equal five points behind Liverpool. Liverpool's 4-0 win over Bournemouth last weekend was the proverbial game of two halves. 0-0 at half-time, with Liverpool scoring four second-half goals. Apparently some chap called Mo Salah is away at the AFCON, but... Nobody noticed at Liverpool with Nunes and Jota each scoring twice. And for the second week running, Liverpool's win came about largely through technical changes made by Jurgen Klopp at half-time. But Manchester City, I think, are still the team to beat. But Liverpool do look strong with several players scoring goals. Virgil van Dijk, back from his serious injury, looks yet again the best defender in the Premier League and Klopp the best at making technical changes during games. And Liverpool have brought in a string of young players who just look at home in the Premier League. Conor Bradley, Harvey Elliott, each 20, Bobby Clark, 18, Curtis Jones, 22, but 22 and he's already made 80-plus league appearances. These young players are making a real impact. Brentford beat Nottingham Forest 3-2 with Ivan Toney 
scoring his first goal for 260 days. That's the time he's been suspended because of the gambling offences. But he scored, but was immediately surrounded in controversy. His goal came from a free kick just outside the penalty area. The referee marked the spot in the usual way with the foam. And as the forest defensive wall lined up, Tony discreetly moved the ball and the foam slightly to the right to give himself a clear shot at goal without having to go round the wall. No one spotted this and he squeezed the ball into the net. And discussion afterwards rages as to whether he's a cheat or whether he was clever. And it's not a situation that VAR can intervene in and as the referee and the assistant didn't see it and there was no protest at the time from Forrest, nothing could be done about it. Incidentally, Ben Mee, who recently appeared in the programme, scored another of the Brentford goals, as did Neil Mope. Remember how we reported about him in November, Steve, that he hadn't scored for a year? Well, he's now scored five in his last 12 games. And people have been saying that Arsenal play great football but lack a striker. Last weekend, they beat Crystal Palace 5-0, although you could say that none of their goals came from an out-and-out striker. And two of their goals came from corners. That's ten goals from corners this season. Apparently they have a coach who works on new corner routines regularly. And they've scored more goals from corners than any other club. Right, so need to watch them when they're taking corners then. And uh, this weekend it's the fourth round of the FA Cup, Stuart. Yes, Steve, that's 16 games spread over five days. And kick-off times mean that it would be possible to watch nine of the games if they happen to be on TV where you are. Friday night, we've got four games with Tottenham at home to Manchester City, the pick of them. Saturday, there are six. Fulham against Newcastle will be intriguing. And what about this on Sunday? Newport County, a small Welsh team at home to Manchester United. The FA Cup may have lost some of its glamour, but it's still a trophy that excites the fans. And Steve, I know you're struggling a little bit without the Premier League. Don't worry, next midweek there will be 10 games on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, so the Premier League will be back. (laughs) So much football, and we just had the semi-finals of the League Cup. Yes, we now know that the final of the EFL Cup on Sunday the 25th of February will be between Liverpool and Chelsea. Chelsea beat Championship team Middlesbrough 6-1 in the second leg, while Liverpool perhaps struggled a bit to beat Fulham 3-2 over the two legs. While the League Cup is without doubt the least important of the three domestic trophies, it will be important for both the finalists. Liverpool are having a great season, currently top of the Premier League, but there are no prizes for being top in January. Winning the League Cup would be a confirmation a concrete confirmation of their progress. And Chelsea are having a disastrous season. Having spent, is it a billion dollars on new players? So winning a trophy, any trophy, would be salvaging something from a difficult season. And don't forget that Maurizio Pochettino, for all his good work at Southampton and Tottenham, has never actually won a trophy in England. Steve, I know you take an interest in Brighton. You may have noticed that Brighton have a player called Jack Hisselwood. Well, Jack's father, Adam, also played for Brighton. His grandfather, Paul, played for Crystal Palace. And his great-grandfather, Walter, 
played for Chelsea. Not only that, but Walter had another son, Martin, who was the manager of Brighton in 2001-2002, and his son, Danny, played for Brighton in 1999. Quite remarkable that Walter, who died in 2018, should have two sons, two grandsons, and a great-grandson, who are all professional footballers. Troy Deeney has been fired as manager of Forest Green Rovers after just one month. He was in charge for six games, losing three and drawing three, with the club currently bottom equal of League Two. This was his first managerial appointment, having been a player coach at the club since the start of the season, but really firing someone after a month is just ridiculous. Finally, Steve, the next time you watch a penalty being scored, would you just look which foot the player uses? Because if you go back to 2018-19, only two players scored a left-footed penalty in the Premier League, Mo Salah and Matt Ritchie. But this season, Salah is one of 11 players to score a penalty with the left foot. Others include Erling Haaland, Brian Buemo, Martin Odegaard, and Bukayo Saka. Just keep watching the left foot, Steve. Uh, that's really interesting because only a minority are left-footed and are left-handed. Thanks very much, Stuart. Uh, right, that's it for this edition of Planet Sport Football Africa coming to you from uh, Cote d'Ivoire at the Africa Cup of Nations. Just a reminder of those round of 16 ties on Saturday. It's Angola against Namibia and Nigeria versus Cameroon. On Sunday, Equatorial Guinea play Guinea and Egypt face uh, DR Congo. That's here in San Pedro. On Monday, Cape Verde against Mauritania and Senegal versus Cote d'Ivoire in a huge clash and on Tuesday Mali versus Burkina Faso and Morocco play South Africa also here in San Pedro. Well from me Steve Vickers at the Africa Cup of Nations in Cote d'Ivoire in San Pedro and from Stuart Weir in the UK thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.